Hello, everyone. My name is J.B. Hickson with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my studio beneath the sky nestled in the tall timbers of Colorado. It is Thursday, July 6th, 2023. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm delighted to have my good friend and colleague Shane back on. He's our resident technology expert. I know most of you have really appreciated getting to know him over the last few months as he's been a re re recurring guest on our program. Uh, today, I'm calling uh, our discussion Avalanche of Technology and the Antichrist's Tyranny, because as we talk about technology, all of it is in the context of uh, the soon coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and how this, these technological advancements, particularly in the area of artificial intelligence and large language model uh, intelligence, uh, how that could play into the hand of the full-spectrum global planetary control that the Antichrist and false prophet will preside over after the rapture, leading up to the Battle of Armageddon and that uh, triumphant return of Christ to finally uh, set things right in this world and make all things new. And uh, so we're going to be bringing Shane on here in just a moment. I wanted to mention a couple of housekeeping items. I sure appreciate all of your prayers and encouraging uh, emails and calls and things. Uh, uh, you know, the, we have been just through the ringer here with these uh, floods. And and even right now, as we're recording this uh, podcast uh, this Thursday, we've got three different contracting companies out there with a huge uh, backhoe, and they're digging uh, uh, pipes that are, you know, to install pipes around our perimeter drain that are easily 200 feet long across the front of the property. And so lots going on. You'll hear some construction noise in the background, but uh, I decided to go forward with the podcast because, uh, you know, we're not trying to produce some Universal Studios quality production here. We're just trying to get the message out, share the gospel, and and uh, make a difference in this world. So I apologize if you do hear any uh, noise. Right now, it's kind of quiet. Uh, it's the lunch hour here uh, where we are in Colorado, so maybe the, most of them have taken a break. But uh, just wanted to take a moment to update you because you are like family. You know, the, the Not By Works uh, uh, audience is just like family to us. It's a growing audience. And, uh, you know, I just think of you, uh, you know, like any family, most of you are kind of like a, a favorite aunt or fun cousins that I enjoy uh, being around because you're encouraging. Of course, you know, some families, most families also have that occasional weird uncle, and, and we get those too here at Not By Works with some of the emails that we we see. But either way, we are appreciate, appreciate you guys and are thankful for all of you. Um, one of the verses that's been on my mind a lot lately is Proverbs 24, 27, uh, because of all that's going on here at the Not By Works studios and our, our house, which are together here on the same property uh, Proverbs 24, 27 says, prepare your outside work, make it fit for yourself in the field, and afterward, build your house. And that's what we're having to do uh, here as we've had uh, problems with grading and flooding and drainage and things. And so we're we're doing our best to, uh, to make things uh, ready for the next big flood. And uh, hopefully these kinds of things will never uh, happen again. But uh, it's been a great week so far. Of course, we're not done yet. Uh, so let me give a recap of where we've been this week. Monday, I was on Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. That was a special program. It was his last time to host that show that he's been the longstanding host of for many, many years. And he's moving on to a different uh, role now. And so it was kind of his uh, swan song for the, as the host of that show. Uh, Stand Up For The Truth will continue with different hosts, and I'll be privileged to be a guest on there. In fact, we scheduled two more appearances just today with the folks at Stand Up For The Truth. Tuesday was a replay on July 4th, our national 
a holiday, the birthday of this country. I did a podcast on why America needs the church, and I encourage you to go back and check that out. Yesterday, of course, was our World Events Update with Randy and another uh, just uh, chilling discussion with him about all things that are going on around the world. And uh, tomorrow, we finish out with two podcasts. Tomorrow, one first thing in the morning, one later in the evening. Both of them will post as soon as they are done. But I'll have Lucas on tomorrow talking about when demonic spirits show up. Lucas Doremus. He's a dear friend and a colleague and author and been on a few times now. Looking forward to that discussion when demonic spirits show up. And then Friday night, I'll be back on uh, Christian Underground News Network. That was supposed to air earlier this week or be recorded earlier this week, but uh, Curtis had something come up, so we pushed it to Friday night. We're going to be talking about dying to live and how we as believers can resist those sometimes uh, irresistible urges to get into the flesh and to express anger or discouragement or fear or anxiety and those types of things. So resisting those urges. And then finally, I mentioned this yesterday, uh, Monday. I am so excited about next Monday. Leo Homan is going to be on the Not By Works program and can't wait to talk with him. Uh, even though we may have some slight differences in our view of biblical eschatology as it relates to the timing of the rapture, he is a brilliant mind that has brilliant analysis of uh, how the stage is being set for that coming one-world tyranny. So we will look forward to picking his brain and talking to him uh, on uh, on Monday. So, But now it's time to turn our attention to this avalanche of technology and the coming Antichrist's tyranny. Shane, I'm so glad that we have you as a resource to uh, you know to, to pick your brain and to kind of try to understand what seems like it's happening so fast uh, we can't even uh, keep up. So, Shane, thanks for being with us. Uh, welcome back to the program. Thank you so much. And going back to your intro, I, I hope I'm not the weird uncle that <laughs> shows up on not my Never. work. So. Never. No, you're um, my favorite uh, my favorite cousin. Let's put it that way. You have been uh, such a blessing to me through the years. For those who don't know, because we're, we're picking up uh, new listeners uh Every day, it seems like our, our our metrics keep going up. Our analytics just keep going up. Praise God for that, because everyone gets to hear the gospel when they listen to Not By Works. But uh, Shane and I have known each other for, well, since 1999, however long that is. Uh, he was instrumental in helping me uh, begin to understand the way the world really works through a biblical lens. Uh, he's an academician, a professor, a uh, technologist, uh, heavily involved in distance education technology, things like that, uh, administrator in, in the academic realm. So uh, he just has been a wealth of information. But let me throw a few headlines out here just to kind of get us started, Shane, and then you can dive in and take us whichever way you uh, you want. I noticed uh, one headline that ChatGPT that you and I have talked a lot about actually dropped. The usage of it dropped for the first time uh, last month in June. Uh, I also noticed that they that 72% of Fortune 500 leaders are now planning to adopt AI for employees, 72%. That goes to something you've been talking about the last couple of uh, shows about uh, the the impending uh, unemployment that we're going to see. Uh, I saw a headline that AI music is ineligible for the Grammys. So at least for now, as far as they're telling us, when you see uh, you know, artists win awards for their songs on the Grammys, it will be actual flesh and blood uh, human beings. Um, another media company fired writers and is using AI uh, to do its writing. 
Um, and this one, I'm not sure uh, quite what to, to make of it. Maybe you can uh, start off by kind of interpreting this. But uh, one headline said that researchers were able to design a CPU in five hours using AI. Now, is that is that pretty impressive? I mean, does it take a long time to design a CPU? It does. That is a, frankly, from an engineering standpoint, it's a shocking um, development. Uh, you know, of course, one of the things we'd need to see is how the CPU performs. So it's one thing to create a CPU. It's a different thing to create a good CPU and yet an even harder thing to create a great CPU. You know, they're, they're, the technology exists on a spectrum. So, um, so it's, it, I don't care if it's a CPU or a program. Um, the AI could create a simple program, and you know, and that's impressive, right? We have a machine creating something that we previously thought was really the domain of humans exclusively, um, and it can do other engineering tasks. It can create CPUs. I'm expecting um, many aspects of engineering, like say in the energy industry, uh, how um, you know maybe pipelines are built, things of that nature, uh, drilling platforms, whatever being redesigned by AI. So we're yeah. going to see that that move into all aspects of engineering very soon. Now, the for, for the Luddites in our audience, and I'm not quite a Luddite, I might be one small, tiny step above a Luddite, if any, but uh, a CPU, that now, if I recall, that was R2-D2's friend in Star Wars, or yeah, well, what, what well, is a CPU? <laughs> The central processing unit. Okay, it is okay. we, we get, well, a lot of times see that as the brain of your computer or maybe the brain of your phone. So you know, more advanced designs give you better performance, which allows you to do more things with it. Mm -hmm. You know, when you think about say something like the uh, you know computer, um, the original computer that came out uh, in you know for personal computers, maybe by IBM in the eighties uh, nineties, uh, that level of CPU is nothing compared to what you can go down to Walmart and buy today. Hmm. So, so that CPU design, of course, has changed over time, but we think of that as, as the brains of it. And that's something you want it to be more advanced, more efficient, because all of that ties back into capability, power consumption, things of that nature. So it is, you know, like I said, it is shocking right now that it's been able to design a CPU because they are complex. Hmm. Um, and we'll have to see what that design actually performs like. But what everyone should pay attention to is right now, even if the CPU is disappointing with how fast AI is moving mm. and the way the, these exponential steps and capability that are starting to occur, mm. uh, we, we will see, you know, a computer in a year or two that's designed completely by a, a AI system. Now, I'd mentioned other aspects of engineering, like maybe uh, in the energy industry. I think some of those will take a little bit longer to happen, not because the AI isn't capable of doing it. It's because we have not tested in the courts what happens when there's a failure in a system designed by AI. Mm. We already know what happens with human engineers, right? That's why uh, um, I would never be allowed to design a pipeline for an oil well, for example, because I'm not an engineer. It's a licensed profession. Uh, so you have to get certain education and be able to demonstrate certain competencies before they're going to let you do something like this. 
so that the the uh, risk of litigation can be managed if there's a problem. Yeah. We so, but it seems have. like, uh, I mean, uh, it seems like somebody has to own the AI, right? I mean, it, you know, an AI can't just show up and put in an RFP to be, you know, throw their hat in the ring for some project. Someone is behind it. Wouldn't they be culpable if the AI didn't, you know, had a flaw in its engineering? We we don't know from a legal standpoint. You know, this is this is an unusual uh, place that we are as a, you know, as as, as humans. Hmm. Um, just our legal system has got literally hundreds of years of rulings that have led up to to where we are today with how we, you know, for example, address the legalities of an engineer who designs something and it fails. Hmm. We don't have anything to cover AI. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Did you did you see that headline recently about the uh, roller coaster at a theme park where the up at the top that was completely cracked, and every time the cars right. came around, it was wow. I mean, that I'm I love roller coasters, but boy, if I'd have seen that, I'd have said, "Get me off of this thing immediately." And when I saw that headline, I thought of you because I know you're you're big <laughs> on that. So man, wow. Well, so uh, one of the things that relates to you know, all of this technology, especially as it relates to Bible prophecy, is this notion of sentience that eventually AI is going to transcend humanity. That's where they get the idea of transhumanism. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be part of the Antichrist's uh, evil empire during that final seven-year period leading up to the return of Christ. Uh, talk to us a little bit about sentience. I know that's a hard word to pin down, but what are some of your thoughts about how, how close we're getting to that? That is a tough topic. Uh, so this whole idea of is is AI sentient or conscious, you know, and, and of course, what we're using as that standard is ourselves. Um, you know, we, we are the standard for consciousness, as I think it it should be as we assess these things. So how do we define that and how do we test for it? So that that's a real challenge when it comes to whether or not AI is conscious or sentient. I'm going to use those terms interchangeably here. Um, and something that, and this is going to be a little bit of a stretch here. I'm still, uh, for, for over 20 years, I've been playing with this idea. Um, and I'm going to start off by trying to answer the question of, is AI conscious? With another question. And it's, and, and here it is. Does it matter if it's conscious? And here's where this comes from. Uh, back in, I think it was 2001, Steven Spielberg directed uh, or produced, I'm not sure which which role he played there, a movie called AI, Artificial Intelligence, I think was the, the, the name of it, but Artificial Intelligence. And there was a, uh, a scene in this, I think it's a relatively near future setting for the movie, where you have not only an advanced AI that's sentient, but that AI is embodied in a human-looking android. Um, and it kind of ties back to what we talked about on a previous podcast, that embodiment of AI. So in this future world that, that the, the writers of that movie dreamed up, um, you have these, again, sentient, conscious, capable of feeling emotion uh, robots that are in our society and that society in, in the future was fragmented between those that embraced these machines, these robots, and those that didn't. And so there's a scene in the movie where 
a a group of people who rejected inter interfacing with these uh, robots would hunt them down and capture them and and take them to what I can only describe as some cross between a demolition derby and gladiator games, <laughs> Roman Empire, and and you know the crowd was cheering as these machines were destroyed as they expressed fear out in that arena and were were just decimated. And so what got me thinking after the movie, you know how it is after you watch a movie, a lot of times you'll think about things in it, was, and by the way, back then I had a, uh, I was fully working underneath the impression that these machines would not be sentient, would not be conscious. It would give the appearance of, but it wasn't really conscious. It wasn't really alive. Uh, certainly not biologically, but I mean, from a, from a mental, emotional standpoint. And so I started wondering, what does it do to us? If I, or if I'm interacting with something that looks human, looks real, looks like one of God's image bearers, and I do violence to it, um, or maybe even worse, Yeah. it doesn't matter if the thing is sentient or conscious. The fact that I am doing these things, it is damaging me. And after I am damaged mentally, emotionally, spiritually, whatever, through my behavior against this machine, it will, I think, quite certainly pour over to how I treat God's real image bearers. Yeah, I mean, speak. isn't it similar to, uh, you know, the impact of, you know, watching TV and watching movies and watching violence and how, you know, that kind of has an effect on our mind and our psyche. And there've been all kinds of studies that have shown that, you know, people that are in a constant environment of violence tend to become uh, more violent. But by, by the way, that movie AI uh, starred uh, Haley Joel Osment, and most people uh, know who he is, a uh, very famous young actor. He got his start in Forrest Gump, but then he was in Sixth Sense. He was the famous uh, kid uh, there, you know, I see dead people. Um, and then you've got, uh, he was in uh, Pay It Forward. Uh, he was also, of course, in the one you're talking about, AI, artificial intelligence. That was 2001. Uh, but one of my favorite Haley Joel Osment movies was Secondhand Lions. And that was just a really neat family movie. I encourage uh, folks to to check that one out. But uh, But back to what you're saying. I mean, you're saying that from uh, from the human side, it affects us when we are reacting to and engaging with these embodied robots, whether or not they're sentient, right? Absolutely. And so, and, and thank you for bringing up that point about watching violent movies or things of that nature, the impact it can have on our psyche, on our emotions. Think about it. When we do that, that's passive participation. What we're taking is a step towards active participation in that violence. So it's it's bad. It's not good if I'm watching a movie that has gratuitous violence in it, right? That has a negative impact on me. But I think that's a very different impact than if I am going to a, an arena like in that movie and am doing acts of violence against these things that look like us. And it and it does seem to be related in some ways to the the issues that have been brought up in in our culture over the years on in the area of pornography. Um, so if I have a, a artificially generated, either through a human designing it, or you know, nowadays, of course, we have AIs that can design the, the pictures. 
of, let's say, um, uh, a, a child in a pornographic setting, um, you know, there are those that argue, well, it's not real. It's not somebody you're really hurting. Um, that damages people. I don't mm -hmm. care what anybody says that it's sin uh, to look at that, even if it's not real, and it will twist your soul. It will damage your ability to interact with others. Um, and so this is those problems embodied. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, you know, psychologists have pointed out. And again, you know, a lot of psychology, most psychology comes from a secular humanistic Darwinian worldview. Uh, but there are biblical uh, anthropologists who understand the image of God and man, understand biblical theology and so forth. And, and they will tell you that, you know, it is incredibly uh, painful and and a harmful to to watch you know those things and, and and from that perspective it does not matter whether it's CGI or AI created or embodied AI or actual physical image bearers as you said uh, of God human beings that is um, but you know the when you say it will it will I forget your exact phrase destroy you or, or, or eat at your soul it absolutely will and that's really where the whole idea of uh, you know, psychotics and psychopaths and sociopaths come from is that, you know, they can be, they can have these mental disconnects and break where on the one hand, they seem to be functioning at a high level and normally in society, but there's another whole side of their brain uh, that is just despicably evil and engaging in the worst forms of satanic ritual abuse and child abuse and those types of things. And And by the way, you know, as hard as it is uh, to swallow that's that's what we're dealing with with uh this uh you know child child sex trafficking i deal i, I address that whole arena of, of satanic ritual abuse in chapter 13 of spirit of the antichrist volume two and of course now everybody's seeing the new uh the new movie that's out which is a fiction but it's a portrayal based on reality of, of what of the depths of evil of mankind so a, a congressman can be you know, in the daytime, reading a, a speech before, you know, his con fellow congressman and congresswoman in the in the uh, assembly hall or attending a congressional committee meeting during the day. And then at night, he can be out in a deep, dark basement somewhere engaging in the most horrific types of things. Now, how does that happen? Um, so I think, you know, back to, to what you're saying is from a spiritual perspective, does it matter? if these cyborgs are sentient or not, right? Exactly. So at some point, so let's just, for the sake of argument at least, let's assume that at some point in the future, I don't know if that's one year, 10 years, these systems will become sentient. They'll be conscious. Um, we've got a lot of issues to deal with before then, and it's really on how we respond to AI. If we give it, if we elevate it certain ways, it's going to be bad. So um, uh, help me if I'm mispronouncing his name, Yuval Harari. Yeah, Yuval Noah Harari. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, he has said relatively recently that he believes a new super religion will emerge out of AI into this AI system will take all of the religions that it has available to it and will come up with those elements that are best and reject the things that aren't. And that will be our God. Hmm. This should be a wake-up call to everybody. Hmm. What is coming is um, not just going to be um, 
a little bit damaging to certain people, you know, that, that engage in say like violence or, or uh, some sort of sexual immorality. And that, that was a pretty easy one to see. What about that next door neighbor who overall is a normal person, but they're spiritually troubled and they turn to this AI that they believe is a God. We are, we're going to deal with that way before because we're dealing with it now, way before we're dealing with a sentient machine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've, we've talked about recently on the program, uh, not with you, but in, in a different context about an AI program right now that is gaining traction with thousands upon thousands of young people uh, that's uh, claiming to be Jesus, you know, and they can talk to this AI and it's, it's Jesus. So um, I mean, at the end of the day, again, it, I think it matters what, how sentient, quote unquote, and again, that like you said, that's a hard word to define. But if we just use consciousness, uh, it matters from their perspective on how powerful they can become, how how formidable of an enemy they are, what they can do to help the Antichrist and the false prophet during the end times, and and even in the lead up to that before the rapture, as we're already seeing. I mean, what if we have AI cops, you know, and AI security guards? And you know AI SWAT teams, you know, uh, so there are all kind of implications of it. But what we're saying is that from a theological perspective, um, it, it it doesn't matter whether they're sentient or not because our obligation is based is is the same either way. In other words, sin has never been an outward thing; it's always been a matter of the heart. That's why Jesus said, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount, if you've lusted, you've committed adultery. If you've hated, you've committed murder, that kind of a thing. So sin begins in the heart. And so whether you know that something is real or not, if you, as you said in your in your comments a few moments ago, if you attack somebody, let's just keep it clean. If you just attack somebody because they look human, uh, you know, if it turns out they're not, they're just an embodied AI robot. Does that let you off the hook? I don't think so, right? Absolutely. So a present situation we're dealing with is um, there are people who are using generative AI to create images of women who are have either very little clothes or no clothes on, and they create accounts for them on the OnlyFans site. And so there are scores of men who are subscribing, paying money every month to watch these videos, in some cases, typically pictures um, of women who are not real, and yet they are lusting after these images. This is a present situation we're dealing with. And as the technology continues to advance in different areas, and we get to some sort of embodied AI, like we've discussed in the past, we're going to see different levels of depravity in our culture that we've not experienced before. And, you know, I think we've been, they've been conditioning us, they being the Luciferians that are the ones at the top level, really pulling the strings and orchestrating at the behest of Satan, this, this down slide towards, you know, total you know, new world order mayhem. Uh, they've been conditioning us for that for a long time. Cause you know, think about just the, the, 
the change that we've seen in the way we interact with law enforcement. You know, think back to the Mayberry days, you know, when when Sheriff Taylor drove down the street, everybody came out and to wave at him and stop and leaned up against the car and talk to him. And it was just a your your blood pressure went down when he came along. You It was a positive thing. It was encouraging. And but today I would submit to you, there's there's scarcely a person listening to this podcast whose blood pressure doesn't tick up a little bit just at the sight of a police car when you're driving around. You may not be speeding, you may not be doing anything wrong, but we've become conditioned. And, you know, and they teach these police officers, and I'm not picking on police officers. There's a lot of great, uh, you know, police officers, men and women who have great attitudes and are truly there to, to protect and serve. But they train them not to even have a conversation with people when you when you pull them over or when they when you when you talk to them i mean i not that i get pulled over a lot i do get you know do get pulled over from time to time we all do uh and but when i do i'm always trying to be polite hey you know sorry was i speeding or what you know how you doing and they don't even want to have a conversation they just say shut up give me your driver's license and that's they're conditioned to do that so why do i bring that up well i think as they roll out embodied ai we're going to be more prepared and it'll be a, a seamless transition we won't we won't we don't even think of them as sentient having to have this emotional connection and conversation and tra- transparency they're just a means to an end and so i think it's it's really an attack on the image of god and man on mankind's um free will and his ability to to think uh critically and analytically in the moment it's all just really uh stale and 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 almost uh formulaic and and robotic that's why they call it that do you agree with that yeah absolutely and and we will be dealing with that one very quickly because we already have a handful of places that use um robots for security Hmm. now they're they're very primitive compared to to what's coming Uh, most of them are, are a made to look very harmless you know they don't look quite like a human it looks more like a maybe a giant rolling egg or something some of them do have kind of faces on them you know electronic screens that approximate faces uh to try to make them appear more friendly but we already have those and uh, we can only expect that it will be proposed as a solution as companies like boston dynamics and 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 a few other companies bring out their humanoid level AI robots in the very near future, just a a year or two, um, we're going to see more and more of that. And it will be proposed as an answer for policing in cities that, for example, can't get enough police officers Um, or there's more dangerous missions. So maybe the SWAT team going in isn't led by humans. It is AI robots that breach the door and, and make first contact and they get shot it's not that big of a deal. Right. It's just it's just a financial cost. You just rebuild the robot or build another one, right? It's like what they use for, you know, d- d- diffusing bombs. They send in these robots um, so that they don't have to risk life and limb of, of, a, of a bomb squad agent. And uh, if it goes bad, no, well, okay, we lost, you know, $100,000, but we'll build a new one. So uh, as, as you've all know, Harari has said, humans are, in his mind, are just algorithms. That's all we are. It's just a bunch of algorithms. And, you know, you can connect to the brain with the brain computer interfaces, which is what you and I've talked about before. You've, you've uh, educated us on that a little bit. And, uh, and at the end of the day, they can, they can reprogram and unprogram 
and just treat the human mind like you would a, a CPU, right? And that's that's their goal. They don't have any sense of the the sanctity of life, the value of human life, and us being made in the image of God. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I think the phrase he he used for us is hackable animals. Yeah. Yeah. And so that second word there, animals, he he sees this as being no different than a dog or a horse or whatever it is. Uh, people are, are being reduced to a utility value. Mm. And that's what stands in contrast with a biblical understanding of the Imago Dei. Um, when we when we start reducing people to utility, we wind up with systems like we had with Hitler or underneath communism where the Imago Dei isn't paid attention to. And if you're no longer a utility to the state, you're gone. That's it. And that's what he said. He's said repeatedly just recently. I read an article, I think it was in The Economist magazine, where he talked about uh, we just simply don't need the vast, quote, the vast majority of human beings are unnecessary. And uh, except, of course, and he adds this little caveat, this is literally his phrase. I'm I'm not quoting directly because I don't have it in front of me, but it's almost verbatim. He says, except, of course, uh, for their data, meaning, you know, we do that. We have value as lab rats, you know, yeah. that we can do experiments on. But other, as far as uh, produ productivity and functionality, the vast majority of humans are uh, unnecessary. And that's been a uh, Luciferian agenda since time began is, you know, you know, Satan hates life. He's a killer. Jesus said he's a murderer uh, from the beginning, and they want to depopulate the earth so that only the adepts, as they call themselves, the elites, uh, can have this uh, massive uh, playground for themselves. And so, so wh where do we go from here as we, as we kind of wrap up today's show, what, what do you see uh, coming on the horizon that we need to be prepared for, and and how should we prepare for it? Well, my my story is going to be pretty much the same as it has been before. Before I believe there is significant job loss coming, and I'm I'm going to go um, out on a limb here and say it's going to be upwards of eighty percent. Mm. Um, and when you see things like at the beginning of the podcast, you'd mentioned some headlines, and I believe you said that seventy two percent of I don't know if these are Fortune 500 or yeah. Fortune 100 companies that uh, were, were looking to adopt AI. Mm -hmm. um, when you look at tools of especially large companies, they're using mm -hmm. things like Salesforce or Oracle or, or whatever it is. All of these companies have advanced AI initiatives that will be embedded in their products. And that's going to be part of that aspect of pervasive AI that I brought up before to where no matter what you're doing almost, there's going to be an AI system. We are probably within a, a year or two of tools as advanced as ChatGPT running on your local computer. Mm. I'm not talking about accessing the cloud there. I'm talking about a local model running on your computer that's just for you. Um, could even be on your phones in that time frame. I don't know. Um, but it's, it's coming. Mm. And so at that point, we will... Um, become so acclimated to not doing the things that we are capable of doing, but giving it over to the AI, um, that um, it, it really will create that situation where we're not needed. Hmm. Uh, like Harari was saying, the mo most of us will not be needed. <laughs> Therefore, we're going to have the layoffs. And 
I just can't imagine the societal decay that's going to to happen after that. Yeah, well, and that's why it's so critical for those who know the Lord to stay rooted uh, in uh, the Word of God. I mean, it's uh, you know we are we are already in the realm of making where it's very difficult to to differentiate virtual reality from reality, and it's only going to get worse. That's why Jesus cautioned, uh, uh, you know, be not deceived, watch out for deception. But we need to remember what God's word tells us uh, right out of the, the right out of the shoot in, in Genesis chapter one that. God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So there is something uh, unique about God's highest pinnacle of creation, the crown jewel, if you will, which is man and woman. And that's why these attacks on gender, these attacks on humanity, the whole transhumanist movement are demonic to the core. And Absolutely. they are they are completely, um, you know, in your Satan's way of, of, of sticking it in God's face to say, you know, this these image bearers, as you used that term earlier, Shane, these image bearers, Satan says, let me let me show you what they're really like. Let me destroy them before your very eyes. And I have to believe that at some point God's going to say enough's enough. And that's why we keep sounding the alarm. Uh, again, we're not setting dates. We don't have any, you know, secret mystical information. We're just saying Jesus tells you to to watch for the signs of the times in Matthew 16, and that's what we're doing. And they they just seem like everything is bubbling to the surface for this final climactic uh, climactic uh, battle. A closing thoughts, uh, Shane. Yeah. So one thing I would hope would come out of of this podcast today is everyone who hears it would spend time studying God's Word uh, and learning about the Imago Dei, the image of mm -hmm. God, think through its implications, and keep that aspect of the uh, the importance of the Imago Dei, recognizing the Imago Dei in other humans, so that as pervasive AI occurs, and it's going to occur, okay, uh, you, you, you simply will not be able to escape it unless you want to go live out in the middle of the woods without power and everything else. Um, make sure we don't personify AI. AI is going to present itself in a way, not, you know, because um, again, at this point, I don't think it's sentient. I don't think it's conscious, but it's going to be so convincing in those areas that I will maybe start turning to this AI as a confidant. You know, I start off getting business advice from it, analyze the spreadsheet, tell me what the data has hiding that I just can't see. And those are good uses of AI. They really are. Um, or maybe designing that CPU, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe we'll come up with better technology from it. But at some point, once I blur that line between the Imago Day and things that are not the Imago Day, so everything else outside of humans, um, that's when we're going to get in trouble. So I'm hoping pastors will, will teach their congregations about this understand the importance of it and how it should affect and and inform our conduct um mm. before we are before we're, we're wrestling with this let's prepare the people of god for this coming ai some mm. of it's good but some of it's going to be a real attack on us and especially i think the imago day 
Amen. That is great, great advice. And you know, that Imago Dei, which is Latin for image of God in man, uh, is uh, corrupted. It became corrupted at the fall. And so uh, the image of God in man today needs to be regenerated. It needs to be reborn. And right now we are born dead in our trespasses and sins. And the Bible gives us the solution to that. The only way a person can be born again and and have his relationship with God Almighty restored is through faith alone in Christ alone. And that's why at Not By Works, we uh, are passionate about declaring the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel. Gospel means good Good news. And so if you're listening to this podcast today and you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone for salvation, uh, that's priority number one. You need to, to be saved. You need to trust in Christ, which will then restore uh, your relationship with God. And even though we still have that old sin nature as believers and and that uh, image is still uh, you know flawed, uh, we at least have the new nature, the, the indwelling Spirit of God to, to help us navigate these uh, rapidly deteriorating times. So uh, feel free to call us anytime if you have questions about how to be saved or you'd like to know more about how to have eternal life. Uh, But Shane, thanks so much for being with us uh, today. It's always a pleasure. Always appreciate uh, uh, having you on. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. So we'll do it again. We'll uh, we'll pick a date offline here, and hopefully in the next week or two, we can uh, kind of commiserate uh, again about all that's going on. In the meantime, uh, thanks again for listening uh, to us today. I want to mention that we just dropped a, or Prophecy Watchers, I should say, just dropped a one-hour podcast that I did with Mondo. It's called What's Next for the Coming Beast System. You can get that at prophecywatchers.com. Uh, or we've reposted it on our podcast channel for the audio. Or if you like to uh, see uh, what uh, you know, see us, watch us while we're while you're listening. You can look at the video version. We've reposted that on our Rumble channel. Uh, it's also linked up at our website in the highlight carousel. And then also want to mention tonight, I'm premiering a four week series on uh, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny's. A website. It'll be every Thursday night for the month of July on Spirit of the Antichrist. Really excited about that. She is is just such a wonderful um, person, and I, we've followed Dr. Tenpenny for over 20 years uh, in terms of her cancer research, and of course, she was one of the leading uh, doctors sounding the alarm about the fake pandemic and the, the vaccine, the dangers of the vaccines. But anyway, she's a Christian and an incredible uh, woman of God, and I'm so delighted to be doing that every Thursday night. So you can click the highlight banner uh, on our website about that. I don't have any control over it, but I know uh, if you click the link, it'll take you to her site and it'll explain how to watch it. Uh, and uh, highly encourage you to support her ministry, and check out my interviews uh, with her. Uh, Until next time, though, we thank you for listening. I look forward to another uh, great day tomorrow with a couple of uh, new podcasts with uh, Lucas Doremus and uh, Curtis Chamberlain of the Christian Underground News Network. But until then, have a great rest of the day, and God bless you, everyone.